Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of Frank Posey's Big Bad Podcast. Well, how special is it? I got my old buddy Charlie here with me. Charlie, say hello to everybody. Hey, how's it going? Good to be back. Been a long time. Yeah. Now, the reason uh, uh, Charlie's on today is that uh, Charlie was at the uh, Duel Show a couple of weeks ago. So I guess my first question is, this is a pandemic. You don't live in Japan anymore, right? What are you doing in Japan? Oh, I'm, uh, I uh, live in Japan now. My wife's Japanese, so I moved oh, over so here in March. You're, over, you're back over there now, right? I am, yes. Yeah, oh, because before you, were, you you had moved back to the U.S. at some point. Yeah, I moved back and forth. I, I lived there about 10 years ago, and then I moved yeah. back earlier this year. Yeah, okay. I didn't realize you lived there. I know you moved back at one point. Okay. So, all right. So, what was the setup at the arena? Okay, because uh, what are we talking about? Shinjuku face? That's exactly where it was. Yes. Okay. So, what was the setup at the arena? Well, so when we first got there, we had to wait outside, and they put people only a certain amount of people in the elevator at each time. And then when you got up there, you had to give them a ticket that had your address and phone number on it in case there was an outbreak. They could get a hold of you. Okay. And then most of the staff are wearing face shields and face masks. Which they they're used to do, which they're used to doing over there anyway. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It was, I mean, if I have never seen someone not wearing a mask here, yeah. I mean, it's just, if I didn't wear a mask, I'd feel like everyone was staring at me. I'd be the only person not wearing one. So everyone yeah. wears a mask. That's right. And, they, and, and then the, how is the, uh, is the pandemic has been much of an outbreak over in Japan? Um, it's kind of weird. It's kind of unique. In the beginning, it wasn't that bad. And I remember when the cases were dwindling to about four people a day in Tokyo, but there's actually been a resurgence recently. And I think it recently hit about 460 people in one day in Tokyo. So there's some worry that it's kind of coming back stronger than before. Mm, okay. Okay. So, uh, normally Shinjuku face, uh, holds about what? 600 people. Yes. Mm -hmm. So how many fans were at this uh, show? And I want to point out that this was uh, 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 Jules' first show uh, since February, correct? That is correct. They had to cancel a couple events. And um, it was only following guidelines. It was only at half capacity. And so it sold out pretty quickly, I think, because of that. And I could reach out in any direction from my seat and not touch anybody. So the mm. seats were pretty well spaced out, which is pretty rare when you go to a Japanese event, usually That's crammed true. in there. But it was definitely very a lot of space, very separated. And they sanitized the ring between each fight. You weren't mm. allowed to approach the fighters or anything like that. They were definitely very conscious of the pandemic. Okay. So let's talk about the show itself. Um, mm. And we're going to talk about something else after this, but let's talk about the show itself. AACC went 4-0 in this show, right? That is correct. It was a pretty big showing, especially since one of the fighters was a late replacement, and she kind of got the upset win. So, yeah, AACC had a very good showing. Okay, and, as nice know, uh, as, 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 and as we all know, uh, Ayaka Hamasaki is the head trainer there. Yes, she's definitely the standout female fighter there now. And yeah. we can talk about her match in a little bit if you want, but yeah. – it was we can't. Let's talk about the main event first of all. We had yeah. uh, 
uh, AACC fighter. Her name is uh, Mickey Matono, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, she's and... A, sorry? Uh, she's kind of an interesting prospect. She went to the same university as Kana Watanabe, so she's yeah. kind of a big uh, name in the judo community over here. Okay, and she was facing a fighter who I think her, her ring name is A.K.A. Ringo? Or something oh, like yeah. that? Aka Ringo it means red apple. That's her, that's her ring name. Get to her in a minute because there is some news regarding her. So Mickey won pretty easily. I think her record now is uh, what five and one. Yeah, her only loss is that one defeat in Australia. Okay, so how did uh, she obviously dominated the fight? But she won by ground and pound. Well, the, the other fighter, Akaringo, I don't think really has any grappling skills. I think she's primarily a well, boxer. and 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 in fact, she's gone back to boxing. Correct? Right, exactly. Before the fight, I read that she went to like Indonesia and Philippines and trained at boxing gym. Kind of knew what the result of the fight was going to be before the fight. Oh. <laughs> well, the, isn't the big problem here is there, you know, it's all atom weights in Japan these well, days? I think that was actually, that, that is true. A lot of the, what was the way it used to be, as I'm sure you're well aware, is a lot of the fighters just didn't cut weight, so they were all straw weights. Yeah, but now, now because of international competition, they're all cutting weight. Now they're all atom weights. And hasn't uh, uh, Jules, aren't they starting what's called microweight? Yeah, they just revealed the new belt a couple days ago. They're actually yeah, a lower I saw weight. a picture. And, and, uh, how many kilograms is that going to be? <laughs> I'm sorry? How many kilograms is that going to be? Uh, they didn't say yet, but I imagine it's going to be this. what Satoko Shinashi used to fight at. Which is what? Which was, I think, I think 100 pounds. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's way too small. Right. Yep. Satoko Shinashi was always the, the prototype for that size, right? Right. And th I think the Saiki still has a spot in his heart for her. He still puts her on main deep shows, the deep jewel shows. They might be bringing her over. Too old. Uh, I agree, yeah. That's what was kind of refreshing, actually, about the new Deep Jewels show was that it wasn't like all the relics from a couple of years ago. They actually have a bunch of young fighters, which is kind of... No, she was fighting at Shuto. Oh, she was? Yeah, I'm talking about uh, Kurobe. Oh, yeah, Mina Kurobe fought Sugiyama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway. Anyway, the thing is, so, so Mickey Matano's problem is she's a strawweight. There's right. really nobody in Japan for her to fight, Correct. Uh, the only name that jumps to mind it might be is Emi Fujina is the only active strawweight I can think wow. of in Japan. Rina. Rina. That's a, what does she have, Rina weight? She's 49 kilos, like one pound over Adam weight. No, she's been fighting lately with strawweight because she got sick when she was cutting weight. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think um, so, with her, I think she made an appeal after the match. She wants to fight in Ryzen. And I think Ryzen would be able to find people to bring in internationally for her to compete yeah, against. Yeah, except with the pandemic, that's kind of hard to do, right? Exactly, right. Yeah. So she's got the same problem as Kanako Murata, and we all know what happened with Kanako Murata. She signed with the UFC, and she's moved to the U.S., right? That is correct. She signed with the UFC. But in that defense, her goal, I think, was – I remember when she first, before she even fought, she came to the Rising Ring and introduced herself. Um, I think her goal was always the UFC. Wow, but big, she doesn't have a choice now. Exactly, right? She doesn't have well, a choice. Also, and of course, she's also managed by Shu Harata, who always wants to put all of his fighters in the UFC. So. Which he's right. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's right. So she, she's got a fight coming up. Now, I know where she's training. She's at um, uh, Combat Sports Academy in California. Right. She, and when she's okay. in Japan, she trains with Shizuka Sugiyama. Yeah. So she's at the Combat Sports Academy. The guy there is uh, Kieran Fitzgibbon. And, of course, Mizuki is here, too. She's got a fight coming up. She does, yes. She's up in uh, New York, I believe. It's Sierra Longo. Sierra Longo, right, in Long yeah. Island. Exactly. And her so that's has a the problem. The problem is there are no straw weights in Japan. So what Ryzen had to do with Murata is farm her out to Invicta. And exactly. she won the Invicta championship, and now she's going to be in the UFC. And I think the same thing will probably happen with Mickey Matono. Is she, is she a good fighter? Like, uh, can you tell by the competition or no? Her only loss was in Australia, and the woman that she lost to missed weight and weighed more than her at the time. It was kind of hard to tell. She's described as kind of like a younger Hamasaki, so she's a very strong judo base with uh, some not-as-good striking. But she's good, and she definitely seems very physically strong for the division. And I think she she's needs still- to move to the U.S. Right. Uh, she's still quite young, so I think there's time for her to develop. And if she wanted to go that route, she could. I mean, AACC has a connection with managers that could get her to the U.S. Wow, the the exactly. one is Harada. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he handles everything. He can translate and everything. So, yeah, he's uh, been a, I think Mizuki even lives with him. <laughs> it's quite possible. And, in fact, he was in a corner in China. Yes, exactly. Along with Aljamain Sterling. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So – um, give me the, uh, I guess the co-main event was Shizuka Sugiyama, correct? Correct. She faced uh, someone I've never even heard of before. I think the name was Arami or something. Yeah. And, and Sugiyama has a similar problem because she's a flyweight. I'm sorry? Sugiyama has a similar problem because she's a flyweight. Right. Um, the problem she has is that she wants to be a big star and she wants to find the big stage, and that both times she fought on the big stage, she lost pretty decisively. Yeah, so I think she was good. looking for a big win, and unfortunately, the first two rounds were kind of back yeah. and forth, and then she took her to the third round, which isn't the kind of win she wanted to propel herself to get back on the rise she, of the stage. She, I, I, having seen her several times, good enough. Right. Uh, she's made a lot of changes recently. I mean, she's, I remember when she was younger, she's definitely a lot – physically stronger now than she used to be. But I just don't think the competition is there. And yeah. I think she's just had a rough road. I mean, only Ka- competition. Kind of what Nabi is a real prospect. Exactly. Right. And uh, okay. I think we'll be seeing more of her. You were talking about the weight division, not having a lot of fighters. I expect to see her more in Bellator now that she's made her entry there than mm. in Japan. Yeah, I would think so too. As far as uh, the other problem I see with Shizuka is that, you know, she's older now. She's 34 years old. She's married. I think she's married to a fighter, right? And, yeah. Uh, she, yeah. Sorry? She's married to Kentaro Nakamura, fought for the UFC, and now fights for Ryzen. Okay. So she, she's married. She's a teacher when she's not fighting. Okay. And they, I think they have a couple of kids too, right? They have a, they have a son, yes. Okay, so she's not leaving Japan because of her family, and she's too old anyway. Okay, 
enough about her because she's not that interesting, really. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know so uh, there was a, a, some sort of tag team grappling match nonsense. Now, that was amusing to watch because it had kind of some of the old guard. It had Emi Tomimatsu. Then had yeah. Tomo and this girl, Mizuki Furose, which I was yeah. interested in kind of talking to Ayaka on Twitter beforehand, how she wanted to fight her in Ryzen. Yeah. Well, that's no longer a match I want to see because in the grappling match, Ayaka threw her down immediately and armbarred her. I would say it lasted less than a minute. And then... Mizuki Furuse is a young fighter. She's still, I think, 19, right? She's very young. Like but she's not very good. Well, I don't know if she's a – I hope she has better striking than she does grappling because she's going to be fighting on reason <laughs> this upcoming weekend. Okay, well, we'll get to that in a minute. My understanding is that Ayaka basically wiped the mat with everybody, right? Yeah, so after that, Emi Tomimatsu went against Tomo, and they kind of stalled. So then Emi tagged Ayaka came in, who just did the exact – repeat, exact same thing she did. Mizuki okay. to Tomo destroyed her too. And then Tomo challenged Ayaka, and they're going to fight at the this weekend's Ryzen show, right? Or next weekend. Right. So a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to Ayaka, and she wanted to fight on the Ryzen show, but the problem was, because of the pandemic, there just weren't any local fighters for her to fight. So I think she would have fought anybody that said they wanted to fight her, which is why it happened. And Tomo is not – though she's been a champ in Deep Jewels, that doesn't mean very much. Well, her, her rising uh, highlight to this point is getting knocked out by Ham Sohi, so I don't think she, <laughs> she ain't the only one. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, so what else was on this? Well, outside of that, there was um, some interesting earlier fights. As I said, there's a lot of younger fighters, three 17-year-old fighters on the card. What was kind of interesting to me and some other fans brought up was this one AAC fighter, Oto Nagao, came out and I had never seen her fight before. And I was kind of expecting her to grapple and do wrestling, which is what all AAC fighters do. Right. And she struck. I mean, they seem to be developing some sort of strikers now. And I can't help but wonder if that's Rena's influence on the gym. I noticed that Rena was the corner for this fighter. So might yeah, see some more fighters. Could be, could be, but Ayaka is the main trainer these days. Right. Uh, it's kind of interesting. If you ever go there, um, it's not really like Jap- – if you ever, like, follow Roxanne Matafari, she explains the Japanese MMA gyms very easily where it just feels like uh, a lot of the fighters just kind of go to training and work on what they want to work on. And if they want something, they'll ask someone. There's a lot less organized than in the U.S. It's yeah. probably why a lot of the fighters end up going to the U.S. to get better. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so it- any other comments about this show or what, do you- what did you think? Um, I thought – it was a fun fight. Um, it definitely reminded me a lot. It's been my first Deep Jewels card in a long time. A lot of there's a lot more. It was very different because I've been to Invicta shows more recently. It's very different than the Invicta show. There's a lot more women in the audience I noticed than an Invicta FC show. I would say that the presence of Ryzen is definitely a lot more. The effect of Ryzen was noticeable. The, I mean, these shows almost never sold out. They're selling out now. But I also think that because it happened during the pandemic, it just wasn't profitable for Deep which is why they announced their next event. It's not going to be all the way till November. I think they're hoping to do it after the pandemic is over. Are they having trouble finding uh, women to fight? I mean, why were there so many AECC fighters on this show? 
Well, I think several fighters tested positive for COVID. And so oh, they had to have so? some weight replacement. Yes, because Megumi Fuji's uh, student was supposed to be on the card. Yeah, I know. She dropped out, right? Kima now. And I think her student either tested positive for COVID or couldn't travel because of the COVID. And so they had to get a bunch of Tokyo-based fighters for the fights. I see. I see. Okay. Because I noticed uh, who's been whining about not being able to fight? Rin Nakai. We all know where she lives. Well, yeah. But Rin Nakai was whining about not being able to fight. But then she kind of got checked. Um, uh, a journalist came out and said that Deep Jewels and Rising have both been in contact with her. And it's just kind of her famously difficult manager that is um, the reason she husband. Exactly. Wild Her Usami. idiot husband. Exactly. Well, He's- she's an underachiever, and it's mostly his fault. Exactly. Well, it's kind of just disappointing. I feel like they have some form of strange relationship where he makes all the calls and she just kind of does whatever she, he tells her to do. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Anything else about this show you want to talk about, or is that about it? Well, under, I don't know. There were also, uh, besides AACC, because it's Tokyo-based, there's also a lot of crazy B fighters on the card. They just oh. had the misfortune of all of them losing to the AACC fighters. But Well, they're not as good. Yeah. If you think, that's probably one of the more unorganized gyms. I mean, ever since Kid Yamamoto's passing, all the other Yamamoto's live in Guam now. So I, I even wonder how the gym still exists. And Miyu lives in Canada, right? Oh, she used to, but now she lives in Guam. She recently got Guam. married. Mm-hmm. Another old fighter that doesn't need to be around. She is actually, I think she's a Canadian citizen now, which is why yes. she can't get into Japan right now. I, probably true. Okay. Is that about it? Anything else? Uh, yeah, that's about it. Okay. Let's talk briefly about the Rising show coming up. So what's, you got two shows coming up like, August, what is it, August 22nd and 23rd? Yeah, they're coming up back-to-back, and the coronavirus... shows happening? They're happening at a new arena in Yokohama called the Yokohama Pier Arena, because Japan's not letting any place that seats more than 5,000 people hold an event. Oh, okay. So who all is going to be on this show? Well, notably from the uh, female side, Kana Asakura is going to be on it, and Ayaka Hamasaki are going to be on it. And I think Ayaka Hamasaki is actually in the co-main event on the first day. Facing so, Tomo. Exactly, which I think she should pretty handedly win. And Kana Asakura is probably also favored to win against Mizuki Furuse. Well, she should beat her. Exactly. Mizuki is, unfortunately, she's a young fighter, but she's not very good. Well, the problem with Japan that, that Japan's always had is that there's no middle ground for people to try to get better against. Yeah. It's just either a bunch of essentially amateurs and then world-class fighters. And it's getting worse because all the f- new fighters are 105 pounds. Right. And um, that's just, I mean, I think if a famous 52 kilo, like a famous straw weight comes out, we might see more. But I think because Rising has that division, we're just seeing a lot of fighters flock to that division. Okay. All right. Now, you were asking me, and I wanted to address it, um, ask, ask questions that other, answer questions that other fans have been asking me. But you've been ask, you were asking me about Kyrie Singh. Yeah. Okay? So I'm kind of so, on the peripheral of pro wrestling, so I was just kind of curious to what happened. I heard she had received a big money offer and turned it down. Nope. 
Not true. Well, not I'm true. glad you're here. Well, <laughs> no, the WWE wanted her to stay, so they offered her a lot of money, but that wasn't the issue. Okay. So <clears throat> when she first came to the WWE in 2017, okay, I expressed concern about her concussion history. Uh, okay. So at that point, 2017, she had already suffered two concussions when she was in Japan. Okay. And she's only been in the wrestling business for what, three years? Like okay. since 2014. Okay. And then she comes to the WWE. And the first thing she does during the uh, 2017 May Young Classic tapings is she suffered another concussion. Oh, really? Yep. And fortunately for her, the final for the May Young Classic wasn't for another couple of months. So she was able to recover from that. Okay. But then she suffered another concussion in, two, in December 2019. Was that the match with the Charlotte Flair? Well, here's what it was. It was a, it was it was the tables, ladders, and chairs show, right? right. Mm -hmm. And it was a TLC match, and it was uh, the Kabuki Warriors against Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Okay, and people are blaming Charlotte because there was a spot where um, uh, Charlotte put Kyrie through a table. That was a planned spot. Okay. Mm -hmm. The problem was the concussion happened before that. Okay. So there was a spot where Kyrie was supposed to leap from the ring apron and land on a table containing Becky and Charlotte. And I guess they were going to move or something like that. But the problem was she blew the spot and she hit her head on the end of the table. And, and so she's on the floor talking to Becky about suffering another concussion, okay? And Charlotte was not aware of it because she was on the other side of the ring. So she didn't realize it. So they went through with the spot. And then when, once Asuka got there, um, she went straight to the finish. And Becky rolled her out of the way, okay? But what happened after that is she called her mother, right? Okay. Okay. And she has a, a, a guy, she has a boyfriend in Japan, and they got married. So I knew immediately, once the, she announced the wedding publicly, she was retiring. Because that's what always happens in Japan. That's what I, I remember back when I was watching Deep Jewels 10 years ago, that as soon as someone announced their marriage, you knew that their last fight was coming up. <laughs> that's right. You see, you know that, but a lot of fans here are not aware of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's because it's happened over the years. Okay. Very, very rarely. Like if the wedding is not, if the marriage is not announced, that's one thing. But, but in her case, she came out and she announced publicly that she got married. And so I knew immediately she's retiring. That's it. Mm -hmm. Okay. But fans don't understand that here. And see, the problem was uh, uh, back in November, Dave Meltzer reported that supposedly she was, he was speculating that her contract was coming up, which was true. And uh, she was thinking about leaving the WWE. He didn't really know that that was true because it wasn't. Okay. Right. The point is, 
I don't care where she goes. If she goes to AEW, wherever, she can't make WWE money anywhere else. Okay? And so she told them she was going to retire. They wanted her to stay. Um, so they offered her, you know, a lot of money to stay. And she says, no, I'm concerned about my health. I want to go home. So that's what she's doing. She's home already. Did I see that she might be working as like a ambassador of some sorts for the WWE in Japan? It's a possibility, but you know, the problem is she doesn't live in Tokyo. She lives in Yamaguchi on the South coast. (laughs) That's true. So she doesn't, you know, she wants to go fishing. On on a semi-related note, did Io Shirai also have a bunch of concussions? No. Never had one. I remember reading about some fighter having a bunch of concussions. It must have been Kyrie saying that. It was Kyrie. Kyrie had two concussions uh, when she was in stardom. And she the one that didn't pass? Did she almost not pass like a physical to get into the WWE? No, it was Io that didn't pass her physical the first time around because she had a neck injury. Ah, okay, okay. It wasn't a concussion, though. It was a neck injury. So she got that um, healed, and then she passed her physical. Okay, okay. Okay? Now, strangely enough, Asuka's been in the business much longer than either of those two, and she's never had a major injury like that. Never. Her one injury was in 2017, I believe it was, in her final NXT match. She suffered a broken collarbone. Wow. And that's it. That's the only so major you, injury she's ever had. Is that because she's not like a high flyer, so to speak, like the other two? She's not a high flyer, but she takes heavy-duty bumps. Like, okay, she okay. recently did a match with uh, um, um, Nia Jax where she took a power bomb on the floor. Oh, wow. Okay, which is a heavy bump. And so... You have to know how to take those bumps, and she's really good at it. Yes, she you does know. seem very good. But Kyrie Sane was also was Kyrie Sane significantly smaller than her. Well, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Sane was uh, about five feet tall, uh, maybe weighed a hundred pounds at the most, very tiny for a for a wrestler. Io right. uh, is uh, five foot one, one fifteen. Oscar uh, is five foot three. 125. So the, they're all pretty tiny, but <laughs> Oscar's a little bigger. Oscar's yeah. a little bigger, but they, I mean, the one thing they're all three of them are really, really good at is selling offense. Because, why? Because they want their opponent to look good. Right. So is okay. that like a product of just the Japanese system or stardom? Why do a lot of the Japanese fighters seem better at selling the injuries and getting hit than some of the other fighters? Because that's what they're taught when they're trained. You know, uh, um, uh, Kyrie was basically trained by Io Shirai. Okay. Okay. Uh, Io uh, trained at a place called McCann. The guy actually, the company's not in business anymore. But then in 2011, she actually moved to Mexico for a couple of years. Interesting. a A lot of the stuff that she does, she learned there. And Asuka was trained by a guy named uh, Yuki Ishikawa, who ran a, a, he owned a company called uh, Battle Arts, which was kind of a uh, ground-based pro wrestling style that was supposed to be kind of phony MMA. 
Right. Okay. So that's why she's so good at that sort of thing, because he's the guy who taught her all that stuff. Now, he lives in Canada now. Interesting. He lives in Canada. You know, he works for uh, uh, the wrestler, WWE wrestler, who was formerly known as uh, Santino Morella. His real name is Anthony Corelli. And he owns a, a, a company called Battle Arts in uh, Mississauga, Ontario. And Yuki Ishikawa is his head trainer. Interesting. Because I, I see her with pictures with, um, was his name Taijiri, the guy that used to wrestle for WWE? Yes. She worked so, for Taiji, She worked for Tajiri in a company called Smash. Okay. Okay. Kind of have, I remember he had the kicks very similar to her where he would kick people like really well, hard. Well, kind of you easy. know, he helped her a lot. Mm-hmm. He helped her a lot with stuff like that. Okay. That, so that company there, Smash, you know who owned that company? Who? Masakazu Sakai, the guy who now owns Pancras. Oh, so the financial genius who actually knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's got money up the Yazoo, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So the thing was, he owned a company called uh, Hustle, which was a really goofy wrestling company. It ran its course. He owned Smash. Smash was supposed to be two companies in one. It was supposed to be pro wrestling, and it was supposed to be uh, MMA. And uh, Tajiri run the pro wrestling side, ran the pro wrestling side. And uh, Asuka worked for that company. So did the other two Triple Tails girls. And uh, Fit Finley worked there, too. Okay, because he's a WWE trainer. That's and, a guy uh, guy. How's going? He knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, he, what happened with that company is that the MMA company never took off. And he mm-hmm. wanted Tajiri to do MMA matches on his wrestling shows. And Tajiri refused to do it. Yeah, I've been to shows that had wrestling and MMA on them at the same time. And I would agree it's not a good combo. It's not a good idea. So yeah. he ended it. What he did is he closed Smash and then he bought Pancrase. Which, by all accounts, is doing very well. They're doing all their shows still. So Yeah, he's, he's loaded. He plus, he seems to be the expert in the uh, UFC exportation business where he builds yep. female fighters and ships them out. Well, he, he's, he knows how to make money. I mean, that's what he's good at. You know, he happens to be he's a money mark, but that's OK. As long as he pays, the, as long as he pays the fighters, I don't care. So with all of these, I mean, it seems like recently in the past couple of years, this Japanese women are showing up all over the U.S. wrestling brands. Uh, you know, there are uh, some stardom girls were at ROH. Now, I should tell you that the WWE uh, already has a re- has hired a replacement for Kyrie. Oh, really? Okay, so uh, Kyrie, uh, she she's she's back home in Japan now, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. You know, because people are asking me, "Oh, is she going to go somewhere else? Is she going to work for Stardom in Japan?" Um, the answer is, I expect her to do a retirement tour. Okay, yeah, in me- Stardom, and the reason for that is that they do that in Japan anyway. Okay, and then you expect her to start a family and yes. disappear. <laughs> yes. So I expect her to do uh, to do a retirement tour. She promised Stardom's Rossi Ogawa that she would return after she was finished in the WWE. But I don't think she wants to be a wrestler anymore. I think she look at four concussions is enough. Right. OK, so uh, I expect her to do a retirement tour and then I expect her to raise a family and go back to fishing and sailing, which is what she really enjoys doing, you know. 
because that's what they do down where she's from. They do a lot of stuff on the water, water skiing and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Right. So she, she loves fishing. Okay. Whenever she went home, she would go straight to the fishing hole. I didn't know that. I knew she was really into yachting and like surfing. Well, she tried out for the uh, um, Japanese Olympic sailing team when she was a teenager. Oh, wow. Okay. So she's really good at it. Now, so we've seen the last of Kyrie Sane as a, as a pro wrestler, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I, she's she's going to retire. You know, it, like I said, it's tough to live in a place like Yamaguchi and be involved in the wrestling business because it's all in Tokyo. Right. Okay. So her replacement, uh, her name is um, Sari Fujimura. Okay. And she uh, wrestled in uh, Japan as Sari. S-A-R-E-E-E-E-E-E-E. Putting as many E's on there as you like. I think I've seen that before. Is there like a, sometimes she puts like a star in between the E's or something? No. Okay. No, you're thinking of something else. Okay. okay. So, so she, uh, she uh, wrestled and trained at um, a company called Pro Wrestling Diana. And that is owned by Kyoko Inoue and Karu Ito, who are both uh, veteran wrestlers who worked at All Japan Women back in the 90s. Okay. okay. And Karu Ito is the trainer there. She trains Sari. Uh, she says she's not going to use the Sari name when she's in the WWE. Okay. Because w, they, they all change their names when they come to the WWE because WWE not owns necessarily, the name. not necessarily. Sometimes Io Shirai is keeping her her ring name has kept her ring name because she owns it. Okay. okay. When Kyrie came to the uh, WWE, like she was known in Japan as Kyrie Hojo, and in the case of Kyrie and Io, it's not their real name anyway. Right. Okay. But what happened with Kyrie? The Kyrie Hojo name. It was owned by her old modeling agency. So she couldn't uh, use it. So they called her Kyrie Sane. In the case of Asuka, she used to wrestle under a real name, which is Kana, because her real name is Kanako Yurai. Mm-hmm. Okay? And when she came to the U.S., she requested the name change to Asuka, because Asuka is the Japanese word for future, and she looked at the WWE as a new beginning for her, you know, after all those years in Japan, not making a whole right. lot of money. It wasn't her right? name like future Empress of Tomorrow or something? Right. And she told uh, uh, Tokyo Sports in January 2018 that if she hadn't come to the WWE, she would have retired. Okay. Okay, because she has other businesses. She does graphic design. She oh, has really? a hair salon in Yokohama. You know, so she would have done other things. Now I think she's actually going to stay in the U.S. even after she retires because she doesn't live in Orlando anymore. She's moved to Las Vegas. So ah. she lives there with her family. Okay, even though we never see that. <laughs> <laughs> we never see that. She's kept, she keeps that stuff really close to the vest. We know she has a child, but we don't even know if it's a boy or a girl. It's very typical of a lot of these Japanese athletes, especially the females, keep all the stuff extremely private. Exactly, unless it needs to be public. Okay, as, as, as what happened with Kyrie, right? She made a public announcement, and that's why she's retiring. Right. Okay, so, uh, like I said, they've hired this girl, uh, Sari, Sari Fujimura. Now, she's a lot younger than any of the others. Like, uh, Asuka is 38, uh, Kyrie is 31. They, they actually have their birthdays the same week. 
And uh, EO is uh, 30, but uh, Sari is 23, but she's been wrestling since she was 15 years old. Okay. Okay. So she's become really, really good. So she was supposed to come to the WWE in March. And actually, if you like, there, she did a, a, uh, an interview on YouTube uh, with subtitles. Oh, interesting. So in February. I so I think you should check that out. Okay. So she was supposed to come in March and she obviously didn't come because of the pandemic. Uh, she recently did an interview with Tokyo sports. And so what she's doing right now is she's training at home and she's also uh, practicing her cooking uh, skills. <laughs> I'll explain that in a minute. And she's also taking English courses online. Uh, okay. So why is she practicing her cookies? I'm pretty sure she spoke to Kyrie and Kyrie hated American food so much that for the most part, she did her own cooking. Interesting. Okay. So, Go ahead. Well, I think Hikaru Shida also does a bunch of her own cooking. Yes. Hikaru uh, is working for um, AEW. Right. Uh, her Instagram is just her always like cooking Japanese food. So yeah, she has a comedy. YouTube. She has a YouTube channel too. Oh, interesting! I gotta check that out. And Asuka has a YouTube channel. Her YouTube channel, Asuka's, is fantastic. It is so good. I, I follow her on Instagram, and her Instagram cracks me up pretty much on a daily basis. She's she's funny hilarious. She's like hilarious. Clips and everything, like all the video game references. It's pretty funny. Well, she's like owns a full collection uh, at her apartment in Tokyo. She has a full collection of vintage video games. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Like she, she was just doing a, a YouTube video where she's playing these vintage video games. And why does she love them? Because that's what she played when she was a little girl. Right. Right. You know, and so she plays the new ones too, but she loves the old ones. For that reason i can but, relate to that too so. oh yeah but she she her youtube channel is fantastic it's called kanachan tv on a little tangent that's in japan right now feels like because of the pandemic all of these wrestlers and fighters want to become youtubers <laughs> so there's a plethora well, of youtube options to watch right now i'm telling you she must have inspired it because that's what happened is she, she moved to las vegas last year and um uh, she um, um, started a YouTube channel, and I think at first it was going to be mostly gaming. And, and you know who else lives in Japan? Kikataru. Kikataru, the guy's a masked wrestler, right? In Japan, he does. Yeah, he does a lot of agent work over there and stuff like that. Like he's representing wrestlers who uh, uh, Japanese wrestlers who come to the U.S. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so he must have suggested not to do it to do you know, just her daily life type of thing. So that's kind of what she's been doing. You know, those types so, of videos are really popular over here. My wife watches a lot of those daily routine or daily life. Oh, her, her YouTube channel is fantastic. It is so funny. Apparently she's making her a lot of money too. Like she got an award from YouTube. Interesting. Yeah. The big one over here is this rising fighter named Mikuru Asakura. He's one of the brothers and yeah, I know he she, makes so I know much money. He makes so much money from YouTube now that he only wants to fight once a year. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you have any other questions about this? Yeah, I was just kind of curious. So 
I mean, because AEW has what the two Japanese girls and um, oh, you're talking about Riho. Correct. It's you're just, talking it's about Riho. Kind of, what's with the fascinating? What's with all the Jap- young Japanese wrestling? That's young, but Japanese well, girls. In, in the case of in the case of AEW, uh, Kenny Omega. If you ever heard of him? Yeah, he's wrestled in Japan a lot. Right. And so he loves these girls. He loves Rio. <laughs> he loves Rio. The problem with Rio, Rio is very similar to Kyrie because, you he's know, they're the, they're the same size. But the big right. difference is that Kyrie has a, a, a wide array. Like, they're both, first of all, what they all have in common, all four of these girls all five of these girls, including Akaru, is they all know how to sell offense. They're really good at that. Okay, but you gotta have uh, you gotta have some offensive tools of your own, you know, to offset that. And the problem right. with Riho, she doesn't have that. Okay. She, her offense is very limited. Like she does so, a diving foot stop, and that's it. You know, where with Kyrie, she does all kinds of stuff. You know, she flies around all over the place. She also you know? has the best, one of the best elbow drops I've ever seen. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> maybe he will start doing that at the elbow drop because who do you think taught it to her? That's true. Um, it's uh, fascinating, but um, do you think the AEW was kind of a response to the success of Kyrie and Asuka? So they brought some over too, or just no? I don't think so. I think it's because Omega is in charge of the the, the women's roster there, and he really likes these girls. But what he ran into, the problem he ran into with Riho is she's not under contract to them. I've noticed that. What seems strange is I also get the presence that she's only comes to the U.S. to do these shows. Right. So have to fly her out from Japan for each right. show. Right. So, so, Hikar- Hikar- so Hikaru Shida, she's living in Florida. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. She moved to the U.S. Riho, when she first signed with AEW, it was for a five-fight contract, five-match contract. And then she announced that she was leaving Ice Ribbon and she wasn't signing with anyone. So she's working for Stardom, for example, and she's worked for some other companies. I don't know about the pandemic, but the point is she didn't sign with anybody. So they were bringing her back and forth from Japan. Yeah. Okay. does Shuri Kondo kind of do the same thing? Isn't she also independent? No, she's working for Stardom now full time. Okay. I thought she was independent wrestling. No, she was, but not anymore. All right. Interesting. Might be and interesting she's to actually, see over. You know, that's an interesting thing about that because in Japan, she was at, she and uh, Hikaru Shida were a tag team. And aren't they best friends in real life? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> If I was Sheeta, I'd have him bring her over because those two would be fantastic. They could tag team, right? They can right, do exactly. everything. They can do everything. Well, they both, I don't know if this is interesting. I mean, interesting to me. I think Hikaru also, I know Shuri obviously fought for the UFC, but I think she also started out as an, an aspiring MMA fighter that switched over to pro wrestling. Who, Hikaru Sheeta? Yes. No, At least she, she started as an actor. Okay. So she started as an actor. She she was doing uh, uh, TV and movies uh, when she was 18 years old. She did a, a women's wrestling movie uh, called uh, Three Count. Okay. Okay. And also in that movie was Sakura Emmy, who at the time was the owner of Ice Ribbon. 
Okay. And Emmy asked her if she was interested in training to be a pro wrestler. And she said, sure, I'll try it out. And she turned out to have a really good aptitude for it. Interesting. Okay. And she's really good. Like she can do a lot of different things, you know, uh, and she's not a big girl or anything like that. She's bigger than, than Oscar. She's probably taller than Oscar. She's about five, five. And, but, um, so she, no, she was not, did not have, a, have, have the MMA thing. She was an actor. Okay. So she didn't, she did movies before she got into, uh, pro wrestling but now she's one of i think she's one of the top wrestlers in the world the AEW women's division in general is pretty blah but that's not her fault that's the part that's right. the fault of the company okay bringing in right. law wrestlers well if if um Kyrie saint does do retirement too i've never been to a stardom show before but i definitely want to go see one of those before she was well done i think i think they'll do a retirement show for her like my understanding that what my you know, I don't know how long her retirement tour is going to be, but you got to understand, she never worked for anybody else. She only worked for Stardom. Right. So I don't know how many shows they can do of her, you know, road to retirement and that sort of thing. Plus, I don't know how much she really wants to wrestle anymore. She, she right. I mean, she has to be concerned about her health. Okay. That's why she's retiring. Okay, but I believe she will do a retirement tour for a couple of months and then have a retirement show. You should go to the retirement show. That's going to be good. Right. I've been to a couple of events that had retirement ceremonies. Retirement ceremonies are pretty special in Japan. So they're usually fun to go see. Yes, that's correct. Fans here don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, they also have them for MMA fighters, too. I remember Megumi Fuji's retirement ceremony. They're usually pretty emotional events. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. Anything else or is that about it? You answer a lot of my questions. I, as I said, because I follow a lot of MMA, I kind of see some of the pro wrestling stuff on the periphery. So I had some questions, but you answered them all. Amazing, isn't it? Anyways, that's about it for this very special edition of Frank Posen's Big Bad Blog. Want to thank Charlie for coming on the show. Anything else you want to say? No, thanks. To, just thanks for having me. Okay, so uh, again, don't forget to check out all my videos that I have up on my blog, frankp316.blogspot.com. I normally put up uh, all the uh, uh, UFC women's fights, and I also uh, put up all of Asuka's matches and Io Shirai and uh, Hikaru Shida and and that sort of thing there, because a lot of times you can't find them, find the videos. So if you have any uh, questions or comments for either of my podcasts or my blog, you can leave them at Anchor's voicemail. And if you have any, uh, and if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Play Music, uh, Google, sorry, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Have a good week. We'll talk to you later. Holy shit.